grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. to see if he has enough to complete it. 
Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, everyone who sees it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build, but he was not able to finish. Or what king, as he goes out to confront another king in war, will not first sit down and consider if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. And if he is not able, he sends out a delegation and asks for terms of peace while his opponent is still far away. So then, any one of you who does not say farewell to all his possessions cannot be my disciple. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, beginning at the 25th verse. I read these words once more. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. He turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, if he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is able to finish, everyone who sees it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build, but was not able to finish. Or what king, as he goes out to confront another king in war, will not first sit down and, and consider if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? And if he is not able, he sends out a delegation and asks for terms of peace while his opponent is still far away. So then, any one of you who does not say farewell to all his possessions cannot be my disciple. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and once again heirs of everlasting life, to go ahead with a building project is kind of a, a, a scary endeavor. We started over a year ago putting together a, a committee to, to look into possibly expanding the church and, and also remodeling the sanctuary. And of course we looked at, well, what are we going to do and how big are we going to have this expansion? We looked into where are we going to put it? What is going to be the most cost effective? Because the honest truth is you have to count the cost. That has probably been the biggest part of our discussion more than anything else. What about the cost? Can we afford such an endeavor? Now, about a year ago, it was the church president and I that met with the construction company, and we asked them what could we expect for a cost. And without hesitation, the man said, plan on $200 a square foot. That is a very accurate number. We've been using a number like that for years. 
Now when we met with the same construction company just a few months ago, they said, yes, you cannot plan on simply $200 a square foot to figure the cost of your building. That was the number, by the way, we even took to a financial institution to see if they would give us such a loan that would meet that figure. But now the costs have gone up. They can't even tell you, well, yeah, just add and say $250 a square foot. No, what they do is they, they look and they go through a really refined process and come together with numbers that are going to have ranges, we're told. There's going to be a lower range and an upper range, but you better figure on the upper range. Because right now, building prices are literally changing daily. And we don't even know if we can get the materials when we want them. A range? How can you count the cost? How do we go about planning? It, it becomes like a nightmare when it, when it comes to just simply expanding onto the church. But isn't that true of everything in life? That it can easily become a nightmare? Because isn't, isn't it the truth that we really count the cost? Like, for instance, getting married or going to school, having children, looking for a job, buying a house. Where are you going to live? Even all the plans that go into that. Everything we do, even when we go to the grocery store, are we not counting the cost? It's a huge part of our life. And when it comes to our spiritual life, it's also true. Count the cost. And that's exactly what Jesus told a group of people as he's making his way to Jerusalem. It turns out it was a rather large crowd that were following him. And he took this opportunity <coughs> to explain to them what it means to be a disciple. Now, the term itself means student. So as believers in Christ, we are students of Christ. We are his disciples, followers. But what does that mean? Have you counted the cost? He even gives two illustrations. Look, look at the man who's building a tower. A man building a tower was, was not something you, you just, it, it wasn't something that was very rare to see. It was a common sight. People would build towers in, in their fields and, and, and around their homes. And what was also a very common sight was seeing if that building was complete. Because the truth of the matter is, a man needs to count the cost. So he needs to know if he has enough to put up that tower. Because if he doesn't have enough to put up that tower, then he's going to be a ridicule. People will make fun of him. People will certainly speak behind his back, if not to his face. What happened to you? Because now that basement you put in, which you didn't finish, is now a monument of your failure to count the cost. Or what about a king going off to war? Will he be able to defeat the enemy with 10,000 soldiers knowing that 20,000 are coming to him and are coming to destroy him? If he does not have enough to, to destroy the man, wouldn't it make sense that a wise king would send a delegation 
to sue for peace. If he does not, he would be a fool. He needs to count the cost. So that begs the question, what is the cost of being a disciple? Jesus begins by saying, if. As soon as we hear that word, that tells us we have a condition. But then you'd be tempted to think, well, if it starts with if, does this mean that this condition is iffy? In other words, if you may do this, or if you might do this, then this might happen, but it might not. What is interesting in the original language, that this if statement is not an iffy statement. In fact, this if statement actually has as its verb what is called the present tense. And as soon as I see that, that tells me that what we have here is an if statement, a condition that is real. That if this doesn't happen, then this for sure doesn't happen. Or if this does happen, then for sure this will happen. And so what is this real condition when it comes to being a disciple of Christ? If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And this word hate is real. But it would sound strange to our ears. How can you speak of hate? We shouldn't hate anyone. Why would Christ even use such words? To speak with, with such authority and, and to speak of it under a real condition, not an iffy one. Oh, I've known people over the years that have made sure to, to, to bring up their children saying, don't ever use that word hate. That's right up there with the other bad four-letter words. Hate your father and mother? Hate your wife and children? Hate brothers and sisters? Yes. Even hate your own life? Why would Jesus again say such a thing? Well, of course, in even in English, we would say, well, there not there different nuances with hate? Certainly hate. There is the understanding of hate as wanting to seek revenge, wanting to get even, wanting to say this person, I cannot stand, he is my enemy. But then we could use the word hate in the sense of dislike. Even though hate's a strong word, don't we say that like, for instance, picking on peas? I hate peas, even though I don't. But I hate peas. It doesn't mean I want to seek revenge around them, against them. It doesn't mean I want to get rid of them. It doesn't mean that I want to send them all to oblivion. But it does mean I have a strong dislike for peas. So is that what Jesus is saying here? How do we know what, what hate he's really talking about? We let scripture interpret scripture. Let the Bible speak for itself, for the Bible is God's word. In fact, in so doing, 
We use easier passages to explain the harder ones. And in this case, there's a parallel text in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus put this whole term hate this way. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In that sense, he means hate. So I love my mother as my mother. But when it comes to the love of my mother, my love of my mother is not greater than my love for my very Savior and my very God himself. Yes, I love my mother as my mother, but I may hate and despise my mother when she asks me to go against the love of the Lord or, or puts an obstacle in front of me when it comes to my discipleship. And that's true of not just my mother, but my father, my wife and children, my brothers and sisters. Yes, even my own life. In fact, I love my mother because I first love Christ, and it is out of love for Jesus Christ. That I love them, and I love them dearly, wanting to share that Jesus is their Savior too. So when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus, there's not, nothing greater in all the world than your Lord and Savior and your God. He is the most important. He's not just simply important, like one important thing among many. He is the most important. And nothing is greater than our God, and especially our love for him. Yes, even when it comes concerning our love for ourselves. We love ourselves because Christ first loved us. And therefore it is out of love that clings to the cross of Christ that also moves us to carry crosses in our lives. For whoever does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now certainly the cross that we bear is not the cross that Jesus bared when he gave his life on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We cannot endure the punishment of, of carrying the sins of the world and paying for those sins in full and, and suffering the punishment which is death and rise again. crosses we do carry. In a broad sense, you can certainly take these words as understanding them in the light of, well, all the afflictions and the troubles and, and the consequences because we live in a sin-cursed <coughs> world. Oh, God bless. That we live in a sin-cursed world. That all, these are the crosses we bear and endure. And more specifically, the crosses we endure comes from the fact that we are his disciples and that the world does not accept him as their savior. And because of it, people, they will, they will give affliction and troubles and, and hurt and, and even from the things that they say. And these are the burdens we end up carrying because the world that does not love Christ does not love the one who belongs to Christ and serves him with his life. These are the crosses that we bear, that we bear. And the Lord says, 
to carry this cross, not to carry it, you cannot be his disciple. In other words, being a disciple of Christ is not one who quits, who gives up, but one who endures, one who perseveres, one who is steadfast. But how can we be steadfast in, in, in a world that wants to live for its own selfish self? When it is out of love, we carry this cross, always following Jesus. Yes, follow me. Whoever does not follow me cannot be my disciple. And there is only one way to follow the Lord, and that is to follow his holy word. You cannot separate God from his word. His word is going to last forever. What he said years ago is still true today. For us to add to it, subtract from it, change it, say, well, that was true years ago, but things have changed now. That is not true. What was a sin years ago is still a sin today. The very Savior who paid for our sins years ago is the very Savior we cannot live without today. We take God at his word, letting God always speak for himself. Never follow what you think it says or what your gut tells you or what you think God wants you to think. You follow what he actually says. And I cannot emphasize enough the importance of knowing this word and growing in this word and taking to heart this word. Because there's nothing greater in all the world than our Lord God and his holy word. So follow Christ. Cling to the Holy Scriptures. Cling to the truth. Well, but there's different ways to interpret the Bible. No, there is only one way. And that is always in the light of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. That is the heart of the Bible. The Savior of the world. And no other. My dear friends, to love Christ more than anything else, to take up your cross and to follow him, following his word, this is the cause of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. But is it worth it? Is it really worth the cost? Are we not tempted to think that in this world, it looks like everyone has it better. People might not have Jesus in their lives, but God must be blessing them too. Look at, he sends the sunshine and, and, and the rain even on the unbelievers' homes. Don't we find ourselves wondering why does it seem like they have more money and, and we tend to be struggling all the time? Why does it look like they can do whatever they want and, and we have all these commandments we're supposed to follow and it sounds like a burden and end up even a burden oh coming to worship yeah then I got to go to worship every week oh wouldn't it be great to sleep in wouldn't it be great to, to go and, and beat everyone to watching football and and do what I want, and get the break I want, and this getting dressed, and getting ready, and, and going to church. 
Oh, how about if I go every once in a while? Yeah, God doesn't say I should go all the time. But if I go most of the time, but how many is most of the time? Why does it seem like people who have gone the way of the world and who have fallen into Satan's temptation and even into their own sinful flesh of selfishness always seem to be more happy? And why can't I have some of that happiness? Have you ever think, tempted to think that way? My friends, those people are not happy. All this talk today about identity and getting on the bandwagon that I can identify with whomever I want, these people who are looking for happiness are not happy. They're looking in the wrong places because happiness that is real, happiness that is lasting, happiness that is forever, is the happiness that can only come from a God who made us. And the very God who made us made no mistake. Each and every one of us, a blessing from the Lord, uniquely made. There's no two of us. And then, this very God who made us is the very God who saved us, and that is no mistake. Yes, sinful human beings who cannot save themselves in spite of those sins. Our Lord came and paid for those sins. He lived the life we could not live. He suffered the punishment of hell that we could not suffer. And he did it in our behalf. What can we owe him? What can we do for him? How do we earn this? And his invitation is not, here's what you need to do, but rather, here's what I've done for you. Believe it. And even that faith is a gift of God the Holy Spirit working through the Word, the Bible, the Gospel. Our very Savior would do this for us. And the result being peace and hope, peace that comes from the forgiveness of sins and hope that comes, that is certain and guaranteed because it's the hope of everlasting life. Oh, what great honor and what great privilege you and I enjoy being called Christ's disciples. Yes, count the cost. And in Christ Jesus alone, is well worth it. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org.
L-U-T-H-E-R-A-N dot O-R-G. May God bless you today and every day.